Uh, what is going on, everybody? Happy Saturday. We hope you had an awesome Thanksgiving. I hope you ate way too much food. I know I did, and I kind of feel bad about it. I'm going to be real. Hi, guys. I'm Miguel. <laughs> did you eat too much food, Miguel? You know, it was actually, like, really... It was a healthy full, I guess. I wasn't, like, by out any means, like, constipated by the next morning. But, I mean, I ate a good amount. Yeah. You didn't need, like, an entire bottle of Tums. Dude, I did have heartburn, like, crazy that night. Like, That's I woke so up funny. at, like, 3 a.m., and I was, like, like breaking mm -hmm. out the Tums. But, uh, listen, in all seriousness, we hope you had an awesome Thanksgiving. Uh, and we just want to say we're so thankful for all of you um, and for your support and for the last year, which has been our best year uh, of the three years we've been doing this. Um, this has been the best year so far. So on to year four. On to year four. Uh, on to year four. So, what? I was like, it's not even. It's not even like December thirty first. We actually. I know, right? Um, so tonight on the show, two big topics for tonight. Um, one topic that I'm really looking forward to chatting about because this was for us, for me. This was probably the biggest, the biggest, biggest, the biggest, what the hell am I talking about? The so biggest theater racist. surprise of the, <laughs> is this was the biggest theater surprise of the year for me. Uh, I did not expect to enjoy Thanksgiving as much as I did. Oh my God. <laughs> it was an absolute blast and a half. Miguel and I both had a really good time uh, in the theater with this film uh so we're going to do a spoiler review of that um rosalia it is going to be a spoiler review so yes we will be talking spoilers um and then one another topic that's a little bit more difficult a little bit uh sadder i guess you'd say um melissa barrera you've probably seen the news has been fired from screen seven uh over her uh her comments on uh, on the ongoing conflict in the Middle East and all of that. Uh, and, and that's kind of a shame. So we're, we're going to kind of dive into that and share our thoughts as well. Um, but those are the two main topics uh, of the show. As always, if you have questions or comments for us, uh, if you want us to tell a joke, we can do that too. Oh, don't put me on the spot like that now. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Uh, but if you have questions or comments from us, as always, uh, we would love to answer your questions. So drop them in the chat. Um, but, uh, real quick, Rosie is in the chat. She said, hope you had a good Thanksgiving. We had an awesome Thanksgiving. I actually didn't spend it with... I spent it with Miguel for about 20 minutes. And then and then we had to leave. Yeah, that's true. It's all good, though. But, you know. It's okay. When you have we different Thanksgiving plans, we were... You know, we had a what? We didn't get to feed each other turkey. That's okay. You know what? We can make that content <laughs> the other year. Yeah, well... We'll do that later. Mm -hmm. uh, she said, oh, man, I'll do need your Listen, Rosie, if you have not seen Thanksgiving, you got you got to go. Like, you have to. It's I, Miguel and I spent the majority of the movie like this. What's she talking about? What, like, what, hey, what do you mean earmuffs? Because she hasn't seen it. So I, I, I assume she hasn't oh. seen it based on the way she was talking. I got gotcha. you. Know. Well, then we can just talk about but, the Scream stuff first. And that, way, that way you can tag along with us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll talk about Scream first. Uh, Gory, there it is. The chat moved and I clicked the wrong thing. Gory Tigers in the chat. What's up, Gory and Chris Snyder? What's going on, buddy? Welcome. Hello. Glad you guys are here. Hope everybody had an awesome Thanksgiving. And we're so stoked that you mm -hmm. are starting the Christmas season with us. Dude, by the way, I didn't even, I haven't even talked to you today to tell you this. So 
we spent the majority of the day decorating for Christmas and stuff. We drew, I, I legit pulled a Clark Griswold today. We drove like an hour away, straight up, cut down my own tree. Straight up, cut down your own tree, plumbing, really? Grinded the stuff. Was that, was that something yards. that was uh, decided upon, like, with the family, or was that just bestowed upon you as an obligation? That was curious. No, like, we, we, we've had an artificial tree. I actually have, I put up, so we have the real tree upstairs, and then mm-hmm. this tree... Uh, you can probably you can probably see the glare of it, but it's off camera. Uh, we put up this artificial tree down here, so we've got we've got two trees going on right now. Nice. Um, but dude, it was it was a lot of fun, cutting it down, bringing it home, getting it all in the stand. It was pretty cool. I feel like I hit peak dad today. Mm-hmm. I really do. I'm well, it's your first Christmas, Christmas, right? As a as a as a big old family, so that's exciting, right? It is. It's my first Christmas as a dad, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, Josh Boyd's here. What's up? The actress who gets her face frozen to the freezer is an actual relative of the real John Carver, who the killer is based on. That's pretty cool. I didn't Where know that. Where the fuck that's you come up with that kind trivia, of Josh? Up. Kind of screwed up, but that's also kind of dope too. Lol, I'm um, sorry, That was a spoiler. <laughs> yeah, honestly, I. So here's the thing with Thanksgiving. I didn't watch, I didn't read a synopsis. I didn't watch a trailer. I knew virtually nothing about this movie other than the fact that it was a Thanksgiving horror film. I knew nothing about it going in. Like, I don't I had know. Seen the, I had seen the poster. Uh-huh. That was literally, that was the majority of what I knew about this movie going in. And I'm so thankful for that because I think it made the experience all the better. I mean, it was just. It was so cool. I mean, and he I really did not know what was to happen. I, like, he, he, I he sat no down idea. in the movie theater, and he was like, dog, I'm not going to lie. I, don't, I haven't seen anything. And I was like, really? I'd seen the trailer, but well, I didn't I really just, know what I was getting myself into in the beginning. So I, I saw so many horror people that were like, you have to go see this movie. Like, you have to stop what you're doing and go see this movie. So I was like, all right, I'll, I'll go. We'll check this out. We'll see how it is. Um, and it, it was such a fun time. It was Easily my favorite theater experience Miguel and I have had in a year, hundred percent. Well, at one like, point we were like laughing most so recent hard. One in a long time. Yeah, it is, it is well, like the it, first it was, time we've done like a movie review since. Um, I know. We, we, what movie we, was it? We've missed. We've missed a lot. <laughs> Oppenheimer hey, probably. Was it? Opp- it was. Opp- it's hard, man. Sure it was. I've found. But it we didn't even get to do like a. Uh, after street review, so I was thinking like Richmond Cinemarket. Yeah, no, it yeah. was, it was Lexington, I think. Yeah, yeah, we were in Lexington. Um, yeah, but yeah, man, it, it was it was a blast. So we we're gonna get into all the all the uh, all the spoilers. Yes, Eli Roth is officially back, man. This is on here. Here's my here's my Rosie my my little spoiler free review for you. It's probably my favorite Eli Roth film. I'm not a fan of all of his stuff. Like Hostel, not really, not my thing. Um, the Green Inferno kind of freaks me out. Not really my thing. This, definitely my thing. My favorite film he's ever made. So, so if that's LOL, Eli Roth. Oh my God, is this the Bear Jew? The what? From from Inglorious Bastard. Is this what uh... I'm thinking of? Get a picture of this man. Oh my god, this really is him. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. so funny. I love that for him, man. What a great, what a yeah. Bro's bro's a horror director, man. He did Cabin Fever. He did uh, the Hostel films. He did Planet Terror. Um, he did the Green Inferno. Knock knock. Yeah, he's Eli Roth is pretty. He's pretty in as a horror person. He did hey, Piranha Three D. Man, that's yeah. 
I mean, look, if it's someone that's not that delved into horror, I mean, props to him, man. Bro, he did the knock-knock one. That's he fun. That's funny. Too, yeah. yeah, I don't like everything he does. Like, he's not a director that I dig every single thing. I liked Cabin Fever, uh, Piranha. Oh, no, he's had a like... couple of, like, pretty interesting and... I mean, let's let's be honest. Planet Terror, the Hostel series... Green Hostile Inferno. Is too, Hostile is Green. too over the top. Green Inferno at least was a good story. Hostile, I'm just like, I, I can't do it. Like, it's too torture porn. I'm not a torture porn person. I don't I'm know. Not, Hostile seems, I like I mean, slashers. I like Green zombies. Inferno seemed like a pretty hardcore one too. It is. Green Inferno is pretty hardcore. 100%. But, I don't know. There's something about that film that I can... I don't love what? it, but I don't hate it either. It's, I don't mm-hmm. know. It's weird. It's a weird one for me. Eli Roth is a weird director. I, I, I don't. I really. I'm not a huge fan of every single thing he's ever done. Well, but it's been like three. I think he's two years talented. since he's uh, done it. Done another film. Right. The last one was. This thin. is his first film in a few years. Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't like everything he does, but I think he does what he does. He's like a Rob Zombie. That's a perfect way to put it. I don't agree with all of the creative choices that Rob Zombie makes, and a lot of what he does isn't really my vibe, but he's good at what he does. Like, mm-hmm. it he he writes good stories, and he, he delivers on what he's trying to create, you know? Um, and, and the oh, same no. kind of he's thing goes Roth, so. Jesus Christ. He's also got, if you're into this kind of thing, he's got a, if you remember, it was on, I want to say the video version was on AMC Fear Fest uh, for a while, but he's got like a podcast show with um, with different horror people on it um, called History of Horror. Like he's had Tom Savini on there. He's had Greg Nicotero on there. He's had mm-hmm. Kane Hodder on there. Like just, he's had Rob Zombie, like all of these different horror people that are kind of in the community. He's had a... Uh, you know he's got them on there, and it's it's pretty cool. It's a cool show. I've listened to it. I I don't I haven't made the whole thing, but I was on a kick of it. Um, the Tom Savini episode is really really good. What's really the name of the podcast? Episode. History of Horror. I think on Spotify it's, I think it's listed as History of Horror Uncut on Spotify. But I remember like I remember watching the TV show. 15 years ago on AMC Fear Fest, like on TV, like around Halloween time, they would play it. Um, and it, it's, it was, it's pretty cool. Huh. Yeah, definitely check that wow. out. Wow. Guys, I'm sorry. I had no idea he was that uh, involved with horror. So, yeah. Rosalia, you can yep. make me lose some guy. points, I guess. Yeah. Huh. He is a horror guy. Man, all uh, Gore Tiger said he also played the bear jewelry in Inglorious That's Catholic. what I was yeah. saying. Yep. That's what I was saying. Bro, they said. I remember. I think I heard a story about Eli Roth. Like the second he was cast at that, oh, buddy was in the gym twenty four seven, just to get as oh, jacked sure. as he did in the movie. Yeah, bro, that's yeah. fucking hilarious. He's, I think he's kind of a scrawny guy, if I'm not mistaken. Did he do the crazy? He is a pretty scrawny. I don't. Remember. The remake of the Crazies. Did he direct that? No. I'm talking the remake. I know. I don't think he did. No, Brock Eisner did. No. Nope. No, he wasn't involved in that one. I'm trying to think. I feel like I was reading I was reading about somebody like pretty recently that was on the maybe I was talking about Scott Kozar. Because Scott Kozar yeah, maybe that's what it was, because I was I, I've talked about before I'm a huge fan of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre two thousand three remake. Um Scott Kozar 
co-wrote. LOL, I misspelled his name so bad. (laughs) How'd you spell it? I said, like, I think it was, like, it was Scott, and then it was, like, C-O-S-A-R or something like that. So, I, yeah, I misspelled the K. (laughs) Um, All right, so... Without further ado, let's get into uh, the main topics for today. We're going to start off with the Scream news. Um, and, and and let me start here by saying that I've I've said this on the show before. I am not a diehard fan of the Scream franchise. I have a an appreciation for it. I have an appreciation especially for the original film um, and what Wes Craven was trying to do with that original film. But... Um, it's never been like a, it's, it's not on my Mount Rushmore of of horror franchises. And I know that may be controversial to some, but it's just not. Um, there are things I like and there are things I dislike. Uh, one of the things that I did like about the new films, um, was Melissa Barrera and, um, uh, Jenna Ortega's characters. And I think most people have probably heard about the news by now, but um, uh, Melissa Barrera was fired by Paramount Pictures and by Spider-Man Media Group. Yeah. Uh, um, She was fired for posting her thoughts on the ongoing conflict between Israel and Hamas on her personal Instagram account. Now, before we even get into this, I'm just going to I put this in the description of the video as well. Like I we always want to hear people's comments about stuff. But like, please, this is this is I know this story isn't necessarily about the war, but because it's in relation to it, like I feel like I just have to say like not that anybody in the chat right now would or not that like anybody listening would, because I think most people in the horror community are pretty like pretty cool about stuff like this and keeping political ideas and things like that out um but if you're gonna leave a comment about this story please keep it civil i feel like i have to say that because so many people don't keep this civil (laughs) you know especially on twitter dude twitter is like i i keep telling like every time i get on twitter i'm like i'm gonna delete this app and then i don't because it's like an addiction (laughs) yeah keep saying that but delete it yeah I don't know. So if you're gonna if you're gonna comment please, about please this, don't look, guys. Let's just yeah, let's just keep it on the topic of uh, the movie itself. You know, if you know, I, I let's just keep the topic on what we're actually going to talk about right now. I know that there's yeah. really bad. I know that that topic, you know, of the Israel and Hamas stuff is very touchy and it's a very tough uh, 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 situation to delve into. But let's at least try to keep it as civil as possible, you know? Yeah. Hey, what's up, Austin? He said, hey, boys, may not be the biggest fan of Melissa's acting in these films, but the reason for firing her was wrong. And that's what we're going to talk about. Right. For me, this story is less about Israel and Hamas and what's going on over there. But it's more about the reason she was fired. Because if you've read what she posted on um, on her Instagram story... Me personally, I don't think it was anywhere near some of the hateful things that I've seen on other social media platforms. Not necessarily mm-hmm. from other actors, just from people in general. She didn't say anything um, crazy towards or against one side. 
it wasn't hateful it was respectful it was well said um and it's 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 kind of scary you know sbc austin Austin said that shows that it can't have an opinion. Uh, you can't have an opinion in this world anymore. Um, and and it, it's, I, I think it's kind of a Johnny Depp situation where it's like, uh, it's very obvious that, you know, similarly to how Johnny Depp was immediately fired from Disney without any kind of investigation or like they, it, it's, it's the cancel culture BS basically, you know, of like uh-huh. everything you say is just going to come under fire. Uh, and it's very, um, it's very disappointing. And it just, it, it plain up sucks, honestly, because again, as I said before, I'm not a major scream fan, but she was one of the better things about the new movies for me. So, uh, so I, real quick, I wanted to bring up the original article. Uh, Melissa Barrera dropped from Scream 7 after social media posts concerning Israel-Hamas war. She led both 2022 Scream and the sixth installment released earlier this year. So this was the original story published on November 21st. Melissa Barrera is no longer starring in Scream 7. The actor was dropped from the project after a series of social media posts in the wake of the Israel-Hamas war. Gaza is currently being treated like a concentration camp, she wrote in one post on Instagram stories, cornering everyone together with nowhere to go, no electricity, no water, People have learned nothing from our histories, and just like our histories, people are still silently watching it all happen. This is genocide and ethnic cleansing. A spokesperson for Spyglass, the company behind the Scream franchise, issued a statement after the initial publication of this article. Spyglass's stance is unequivocally clear. We have zero tolerance for anti-Semitism or the incitement of hate in any form, including false references to genocide, ethnic cleansing, Holocaust distortion, or anything that fragrant, er, uh, uh, flagrantly crosses into the line of hate speech. The Hollywood Reporter has reached out to a rep for Barrera who has made dozens of posts about the war since Hamas invaded Israel on October 7th. She later shared a statement to her own social media. Barrera helped revitalize the franchise with Scream, the 2022 feature that earned 137.7 million globally and combined generations of cast members from the franchise. Barrera's Sam Carpenter was the lead of that film, the older sister of Jenna Ortega's Tara. Barrera also starred in Scream 6, which was released in March and topped 168.9 million at the global box office. Happy Death Day filmmaker Christopher Landon is taking over directing duties on Scream 7 from filmmakers Radio Silence. Filming had not begun, and development had been slow during the actors and writers' strikes. Now, Spyglass is expected to recalibrate plans following Barrera's firing. Paramount has handled distribution on the recent installments and is expected to return for the new film. This is my statement, broken heart emoji. Everything sucks. Stop yelling, filmmaker Landon wrote on X Tuesday. This was not my decision to make. He later deleted the post. Earlier on Tuesday, news broke that actor Susan Sarandon had been dropped by talent agency UTA following comments at a pro-Palestinian rally in New York City on November 17th. And the following day, it was announced that Jenna Ortega has dropped out of Scream 7 as well. Sources insist that Ortega's departure has nothing to do with Barrera's firing. Yes, everything to do with Barrera's firing. Informed Spyglass... I know we're going to get to that in a minute Uh, that Ortega's representatives informed Spyglass prior to the actor's strike that the actress, one of the biggest young Hollywood names to emerge this past decade, would not be 
returning. Uh, and the updates that they had posted uh, was November 21st at 516. They updated to include the statements from Spyglass and Christopher Landon. And then the following day at 1030 in the morning, they updated to include the fact that Jenna Ortega had been dropped from the film. So there you have it. That's the original article. Uh, Miguel, what are your overall thoughts on, on you know these new developments? I think it was funny how they were trying to play off the fact that Jenna Ortega's decision to leave was not, um, you know, had nothing that it was not connected to uh, the firing. I 100% right. believe that it was connected to the firing. So yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I think that this is just an idea of like trying to like put out some of the fire damage control. And I think that at this point, um, I don't agree with what the studio has done with the firing, and I think that what their idea of, I have no idea, like, what their plan is moving forward. Like, you know, like, I don't think any of their plans that they've stated so far is in any point a good idea. So this will be something that obviously will have more, um, more information will come to light, you know, in the coming months. And... Do I feel bad for her? Yes, 100%. But, I mean, I mean, honestly, man, like, at this point, you guys should definitely check out a lot of her stuff. And if, if, she, if she was fired from oh, yeah. screen, that means check out her other I stuff, mean, man. Like, she's obviously doing I think she has a TV show on Showtime, like, that yeah. she's consistently been in. So, like, dog, like, if you guys want to support her, check out her stuff because she's obviously a good actress. I've never seen yeah. her in Scream. I don't know the Scream franchise for me to want to give too far delved into it but i gotta admit she's obviously a well capable actress jenna and jenna ortega being as um as much of an a-list actor as all the other young actresses that are coming are up and coming like they both hold weight and you know attracting the young audience into what is considered a niche and very old um franchise if you think about it so for them to just drop her and then let jenna ortega follow suit bro it's what are you gonna do you know it's it's like a it's like a rachel ziegler uh situation you know what i mean like you kind of like destroyed the movie before it even came you know before it even like was um announced you know what i mean yeah so. For me, I I think there's a few things. In, to kind of rewind and hit on a couple of different topics, the Jenna Ortega thing, I 100% believe. Now, is it possible that filming the Adams Family stuff and, and doing Wednesday, um, there is some kind of scheduling conflict? I'm sure there probably is. But I think the timing is impeccable to believe that suddenly she just up oh, they figured it out they sorry she can't do the film like the day after this happens you know mm-hmm. I, I think that's i i think that's kind of um I, I think it was probably just a pr move to say yeah due to scheduling conflicts she can't do the film i think it was more oh, in solidarity shit. with melissa barrera and yeah uh, and trying to stick up for her friend and that's cool i support that 100 percent um i do think, I think this that's is a cool you don't really see you don't really where, see that much Right. In previous, you know, generations, I guess, you know, like, yeah. 
very rare that we see um co-stars you know sticking up yeah like it was you know back then it was very cutthroat but right i honestly believe that i honestly believe that both of them are in their right to support each other because again both of them are very uh they they hold weight in this generation's uh viewership so right and honestly, they hold their weight with like the fan base too. Because if I'm not mistaken, oh, yeah. Yeah. unless they were like hated, unless they didn't do a good job, they would have already been recasted. So obviously, they're doing a good job with the franchise, and the fans of the franchise seem to enjoy them. So obviously, yeah. they have people behind them. So what makes me what makes me a little bit more frustrated with this is the fact that the studio dropped them so fast long like much bigger than like the fans having any backlash you know what i mean because if if the fans had backlash and again this is beyond like deciding what my point of view is and and with the whole hamas and israel israeli stuff which you guys will not hear my opinions on it in this show but it just surprises me that like the studio just up and just fired them immediately and not wait for the fans yeah. to be like, well, where, what did the fans think? Because, you know, you've seen you've seen how, like, and again, you see how it happened with Rachel Zegler. Like, the way she was, you know, acting with, like, the whole Snow White movie and all this other stuff. And the fans immediately not liking it. And, um, What's up, Travis? Hey, man. And, and not really supporting what she does. So, look what happened. Look what the studio did. They had to change it because the fans weren't a fan of it. But I, I had no, I've, I've heard no chance of, uh, of, uh, of the fans making any decision <laughs> with what her comments were on Instagram. So that I find weird. That's the you thing. know what I mean. It all happened so quickly that I don't think fans even the first fans even heard of what she said was through the the articles of and the rumors that, that had kind of circulated for a couple hours before it was made official that she was being fired. I think if this would have boiled for a little while and it was like, oh, oh, shit, there's backlash and we got to do something uh-huh. about this, then, okay, whatever, whatever. Then they make their move. But here's the thing. looking at the, You can look at this two ways. You can look at this, like I'm looking at it from my point of view, and I read what she said, and I'm like, okay, I don't think she said anything that was hateful. I think she shared her opinion. I think if she would have been on a press tour or a press junket or whatever for uh, for the, the film and she was talking about her political opinions and things like that, uh-huh. um, you know, I, on like like as she was doing PR for the film. OK, I could see that being like, OK, you're overstepping a line like you need to tone it back a little bit. But she didn't do that. She was expressing her own opinion on her own social media like she was expressing her first amendment right to do that so i think for a studio to come behind and say nope you can't do that i think they're over they're the ones overstepping the boundary um and i do think that she was very unfairly fired Mm -hmm. and you were talking about finding it ironic i find it ironic and i've i haven't seen anybody mention this yet i find it extremely ironic that it's funny because like i i kind of i think there's a i think there's a relationship and a a a connection 
and a parallel between horror and punk rock. Like, punk rock is kind of rebellious. Punk rock is fun and and sad and happy and political. And, it, like, there's so many different things. And I think horror is the same way. I mean, I think it's ironic that they're, they're punishing someone for posting... Pu- punishing an artist for posting her political opinions when the horror genre in and of itself is full of films with a ton of political commentary in them and uh-huh. with you, you know with with films that are are kind of saying things um kind of in the undercurrent and kind of uh, under the radar like I, I just i find it ironic that she's being punished for you know for for doing something that horror films do all the time especially scream being as meta as it is like i i mean i just i don't know i find the whole thing i as they said in the chat before it just straight up sucks honestly um i don't know why they would want to do that in the first place because agree with her or not again it's her own personal social media it's not like she posted it like on the Scream account or uh, mm-hmm. it was in relation to anything Scream in the first place. Um, I, I just, I think it's disappointing in that respect. I think it's disappointing in that um, they didn't even give her a, a chance. It was just like, nope, you're done. That's it. You know, they just pulled the plug without any, There, it's like there's no, that's the problem with the cancel culture thing. Um, it, it's, it's like they well, There's nobody not even, wants their time. A chance to think. You know? Yeah. Well, nobody wants their time in the barrel. You know what I mean? Like everybody has their right. moment in the barrel when it comes to Hollywood. And I think everybody just—I'm not gonna lie—I thought T just spilled all over you right there. No. It didn't. When the string like came out, I was like, "Oh shit!" No, but um. But what were they saying? So each each person in in Hollywood is always scared to know when it's their time to be in the in the in the spotlight. Hollywood loves to be in the spotlight, but they don't like to be in the spotlight in this manner. So everyone is fearful yeah. of it, but everyone knows that someone's going to get it at some point because that's the that's the environment that we have. So when it comes to actresses and actors, you know, they don't like it, but they're willing to go through it. But when it comes to a studio, I yeah. guess, studios have to think of money. They have to think about their business. They have to think of people's paychecks. They have to think about, like, revenues and, like, sponsors or whoever is funding them like all this other jazz and they are much more fearful of being in quote unquote the barrel and i think this is probably what caused her firing was just like they probably know like this will probably get some backlash so let's go ahead and just fire but that's but still a bad idea so? because we've seen that we've seen how that does not work at all. And I think I saw Travis's comment with um with Chuck Wending and fucking James yeah. Gunn and all these other people that and that just got fired because of, you know, some tweets that they had. Not even like present, but from previous uh times. Right. And you see how that works, you know. Marvel yeah. got some hate from it. Star Wars is obviously getting some hate for it. Yeah. So it comes to no surprise to me that with Scream uh, making this decision, I feel like the fan base is definitely going to show show some uh, 
some uh some like you know kickback with this decision and i honestly think that with them like eyeing to reboot the franchise again bro i don't care that you reboot the franchise it i want you to i want them to know that the story that you wanted to like talk about is fucking over now so you might as well just like not even worry about making another film for for a while like don't even try to make this a reboot because you know the quality is going to suck and you know that the time is going to be terrible and you know nobody's going to want to watch it because of what history already has with like with your two uh co-stars you know quitting and being fired like this franchise is already like in the shitter now like and i'm not saying it's always been i'm the franchise was doing well as well as halloween and um all these other franchises that are doing reboots like it was doing well but now that it's going through this type of bullshit which almost every single franchise it seems like is going through some woke Mm. pr nonsense and you see what happens you like you can you can read the Mm -hmm. script on what is going to happen with the franchise. Like the quality is going to go down and you're going to lose people and you're going to lose uh, a lot of fans in the fan base. So like, look, man, there's, there's way too much. There's way too much red tape to go through, I guess. Yeah. I think the whole thing lacks nuance. And I think largely all of, you know, like, like Rosalia has, uh, she just said in the chat, Hollywood has always tried to get their stars to shut up about top politics, but I think when I don't you're... even know if that's the case either because they've had they've had moments where like, I mean I don't want to, again this is not a part of my like political spectrum, but I remember I remember the whole, uh big spiel with everybody going against Trump. You remember that? Where like all of these like actors were just saying like, yo, Trump sucks. Like don't vote yeah. for him. Like I remember that. None of the studios were like. I don't know if you do well, that. That's the thing, though. Is it's like, why is it okay in some? Why is it cherry picking and not another? Yeah. Like, I, I why the cherry picking? It's not. It's not necessary. It, it almost kind of just it feels cheap on the studio's part, on Paramount's uh-huh. part, because it's like, did you re like? Do you really care? Do you really actually disagree and think what she said is hate speech, or are you just trying to cover your ass and be like? Uh, oh, she said something about this controversial topic, so we just have to, we just have to nip it in the bud before it turns it like, and like they didn't even give it a chance to, mm-hmm. to it, that story would have disappeared in 24 hours, and it would have been over, and likely the majority of the screen fandom wouldn't even have seen have seen it. I've seen it, goofy. They wouldn't. I don't think it would have like aired honestly. Like, I don't think there would have been any backlash. They they could have just left it alone, and it would have been fine. And yeah, you could have honestly. told the story that you were planning on telling with your two lead actors that are the bridge of the current fan base with the old 90s fan base. Like, they those two characters were the bridge between uh-huh. all of your fans. So it's like, why... Why on earth would you do that? And that leaves the question of, okay, well, what do you do now? Like, you almost have to do one of two things. And I've always thought it seems redundant to me, and I've always felt like the Scream franchise was kind of redundant, which is part of the reason it's never been my cup of tea. Um, Although this is my cup of tea. This is awesome. Uh, But it leaves the question of what do you do now? And to me, there's only two options there. You have to bring back Nev Campbell, which 
I don't know if she would do it. Why would she? Know. Wasn't she fired? I kind of. I no, she wasn't fired. But I. Or was she like let go? Like, Which one was let go? What are you talking? Which about? one was just? I thought that I thought there was problems with like the Scream franchise before because they didn't bring someone oh, else back. They just decided. Well, they. I, I don't know, but I, I don't know about what you're talking about, but. You almost have to bring back Nev Campbell, which at this point, I don't know why she even would want to in the first place. Mm-hmm. Um, or B, you have to just bite the bullet and bring back Matthew Lillard and say that he didn't die in the first dream and that Stu is actually still alive and end it. Because without, I mean, these two characters, like Allison in the Halloween films, these two characters were the next chapter. You know what I mean? Yes, you still uh-huh. had Dewey. Yes, you still had Courtney Cox's character and you still had Nev in there, but like I mean, come on. Like they were they were the hook to a new generation of Scream fans and you threw that away just because you had to do a little PR cleanup move that nobody uh-huh. cared about in the first place. Uh it, it just it's stupid to me. And I think they did make a mistake. I think they they jumped the gun on it. Um, and, and I think they should have just shut up and left it alone. Just left it alone. Like, I think when you're in their kind of position, when you're in a leadership position, whether you're the head of a studio or whatever the case may be, I think you have to be able to separate the the performer from their political views and they're using their platform to, uh, you know, to advocate for certain things. Um, or to uh, to push back against certain things, you know. Um, I mean, look, I, I, a prime example: Kevin Spacey. Ke- did Kevin Spacey turn out to be kind of a garbage human being? Yes. But is Kevin Spacey incredible? Yeah, he's an incredible mm-hmm. actor. Like, I like I can separate those two things. Like, I can acknowledge, yes, he's a great actor, but I can still disagree with many things that he's done. You know. Uh, and, and I th- and of course, I'm not saying this is anywhere near what Kevin Spacey did. I, I'm not at all trying to say that. I'm just using that as an example of like they they didn't have to interfere with her political views. They didn't have to acknowledge it even. They could have just moved on from it and nothing would have happened. And you could still tell the seventh entry that you were trying to tell. But unfortunately, now they've dug themselves into a hole and it's like, okay, what do you do now? You know, where do you go? Mm-hmm. Um, and now Jenna Ortega's play. It's just, it, the whole thing sucks. And I hate it for, I, I hate it for horror fans. I hate it for Scream fans. I hate it for Melissa Barrera because I don't think she deserved that. Um, and, and I mean, you know, I, I think she was fired for doing something that anybody else on social media is doing. You know, I mean, it's it's a hot topic right now. And a lot of people are sharing their thoughts on it. Um, yeah, and honestly, so yeah, like, just, I think that, mm-hmm. I don't know, it's, it's just the fact that, like, with the way, with the way social media is and the internet, it's just, there's just, there's so much stuff that's, like, coming in, like, like, it's, like, 15, it's, like, it's, it's literally 15 minutes of fame, like, 15 minutes of this, 15 minutes of that, like, it's, like, it's gonna get, you know, pushed to the side because there's more news coming in, and, I just think that if the studio would have just been like, you know what, this is just going to be 15 minutes of of this, just let it happen, and then let's move on. Like, but instead, they had to like perpetuate it. They had to like push the glass even further, right. and then now look what they're at. They're now, you know, in the in the limelight. They're in the barrel, and they kind of have to take it now because they couldn't handle 15 minutes of 
of a uh, of fame right there. So I don't know. I I think that at the end of the day, the franchise is going to be fine. The studio probably won't, but I think the franchise will just correct itself at some point. So I don't know. I don't I don't know what the franchise could do. I don't know who they could bring back, but I know at some point the franchise the franchise won't die out. So obviously something's going to happen to recorrect whatever hell happened. So yeah, we'll we'll see, man. Uh, Travis said the bright side of that Scream Six sends off the characters pretty well. It does. I would agree with that. Uh, but a wild card is to bring back Liv Schreiber, who was affected by Ghostface first. He's also the most famous of the OG cast. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a couple of wild cards, and I think there's a few crazy things that they could do. Um, but again, it just I, is anybody really going to care at this point? You know, I don't know. I, I think I think in doing what they've done, they've dug themselves into a deeper hole than they would have. They wouldn't have been in a hole at all if they would have I mean. just let her speak on her own social media. Like she uh-huh. has a right to do that, and I think it's just a it, you're not again nuance. If she would have said something like, every, you know, if she would have gone on there saying everyone in Israel needs to die and blah, 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 and it was this hateful, awful thing, okay, that's different. Mm-hmm. But just sharing your opinion on something in a respectful, courteous way is not... <laughs> like, it's it's not... It, it's apples and oranges. It, it's two completely different things. So, yeah. um, it's just... It's a shame, and I feel bad for Melissa Barrera. I feel bad for Jenna Ortega. I feel bad for uh, for the rest of the Scream cast. Um, you know, I, I, it's obvious that uh, the director... I'm, I'm forgetting his name right now. I'm blanking on it. Um, but I feel bad for him because he obviously didn't want this. Um, mm-hmm. it, it's just... It, it's... It's it's pretty shitty, and it's it's a shame that um, it's a shame that they've put everybody in this situation because not only you know if, for the fans, Christopher Landon, yes, thank you, Chris. Not only it, does it suck for the fans, but it also sucks for everybody in the crew that's been every yeah. It sucks for the writers. It sucks for the director. It sucks uh-huh. for the actors. I mean, it just it's. It's a shame, you know? It's pretty sad, so... Uh, Chris Snyder said, Now might be a good time to do that new Nightmare-style Scream movie where a ghost face is going after the studio for making a new movie and every cast member is a suspect. <laughs> Bro, I'm not gonna lie. That sounded sound kind of dope. That you, know you know why? You know why? Because it's so fucking meta and it's so Scream. You know what I mean? I feel like that would work. That's more meta than New Nightmare was. I know, you know, so that's perfect. Isn't because isn't Scream just supposed to be like all about being meta? So there you go. That's that's a perfect uh, uh, type of thing to do. Matthew Lillard starts going around and killing everybody connected to the new Scream movies because they haven't brought Stu back in the new Scream movies. <laughs> LOL, and have Stu. <laughs> that's funny. But it's actually Matthew Lillard. Like, could you imagine? That'd be. So... Mm-hmm. <laughs> That'd be so sick. Um, so that kind of wraps up the, uh, the, the Melissa Barrera, Jenna Ortega scream. I mean, yeah, honestly, Um, like that's kind of our honest thoughts. It's a shame. It sucks. Um, and and I wish both of them the best. Uh, I'm sorry that it all had to go down this way. I'm sorry to scream fans. And again, I hope, uh, I, I, I think, I think from what I've read, most horror fans are on the same page that this was wrong, that this could have been yeah. handled much, 
much better than it was. You know? Nope, I agree. So let's just see if the franchise corrects itself. And uh, obviously we will let you guys know, or you guys will let us know on, you know, what new uh, information comes out. Because yeah. obviously this this franchise is going to be in the spotlight for a little bit. You know, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't so. know. There's something about it that's always felt redundant to me. I'm just... I don't know. Again, I won't I speak on that because I don't know the franchise, but I appreciate the original film. But at some point, it's like, okay, how many, like, how many more times can this realistically happen? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Before it's like, okay, we're out of cast members that have, you know, that are connected to it. I don't know. It's kind of crazy. Uh, now, I do think the whole like cult of Ghostface concept is interesting, where it's like, it, like each each ghost face is like several people. I mean, I think that's pretty interesting, but like, I think the killer reveal in the, in the sixth film and the new one was garbage. It was just kind of like, what? <laughs> it was, just, you didn't like it. It, it? it wasn't, no, it wasn't impactful at all. And again, it just kind of goes back into the whole redundancy thing of like, all right, if you're not like, if you're not going to go like hardcore parkour, well, you're not hardcore. Like if you're not going to go Jack black, hardcore, like, mm-hmm. It's maybe they could do that. Maybe Jack Black is the is the killer. That could be it. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, Travis Mitchell says in that new Scream reboot, Matthew Matthew Lillard voices uh, Stooby Doo. (laughs) Bro, you know what? Look, I'm not gonna lie. You guys, like I told Brad, I said we should definitely we should have definitely watched Five Nights at Freddy's because, which by the way, like we definitely should have because I don't remember who it was. But we had a fan. I know that's when we like a long time ago that just constantly talked about Five Nights at Freddy's. So it would have been poetic for us to check it out. But I was told like Matthew Lillard did a really great job. In Dude, it. I'm Matthew Lillard. I was is a told really, that really great actor. He's he's pretty good. Yeah, he's he 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 has a pretty high caliber acting chops. I'll admit. Yeah. So like, I'm kind of shocked that he hasn't gotten more jobs than he's had like i like i feel like he should be dude i would be living he is i would be living off the royalties of scooby-doo because i know he's making so much money from from just being shaggy for like two movies i'm sure is he though i'm sure bro let's be honest scream was a good franchise but he was only well he was was he in it was he only in one or was he 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 just in the first his character died in the first yeah time. yeah so matthew lillard has only been in one screen movie but like bro i feel like he has some love from the, the horror tv community. the tv falls on his face mm-hmm. but i genuinely think that like he's he probably living off that scooby-doo residuals i'm not gonna lie i don't know i think given all the stuff with the the sag strike i don't think which i know it's supposed to be better now but i don't think anybody's been making the residuals that they should have been off of stuff. Yeah. Uh, Travis said an animated Scooby-Doo scream crossover where we reveal Stu was the evil brother of Shaggy. <laughs> Gail Weathers competing with the Mystery Machine gang to set the story. That could work. I... Sure. That would be fun. That would be fun. <laughs> it could work as an animated film. They could do an animated thing and do it. Well, I don't know. I think, I think, uh, I think Scooby-Doo did a crossover with like Supernatural. And if you guys, if you guys know Supernatural, yeah. like that, like that show's kind of, kind of hardcore. So it, it was funny to to have that to have that crossover. So yeah. I don't know. I think Scooby Doo is. I think the Mystery Machine could do it. I, I'm just saying they could do you know, it. Paramount and Spyglass better be writing this down because they're they've screwed themselves story wise. So mm-hmm. they need 
<laughs> they need to uh they need to do a um uh, they they need to take notes on this. Uh, Austin said, "Random question: You guys going to do a Walking Dead podcast? I'm rewatching the series now and forget how much I used to love the show. I'm on season five now. Um, we so, so I've I've talked to Miguel about this before. I would love to go back and start on episode one and Bro, you watch wild. the entire series on the show." Now, that would probably take us upwards of two years. Like, yeah. We would that, have to make like a new tagline. It wouldn't even be let's talk movies or like purely and simply evil. It would be like, let's talk the Walking LTTWD, Dead. like something like, right? <laughs> LTTWD. Yeah. Well, it's, I'm, I'm in the middle of rewatching it too with my wife, which she, she told me for two years, she was like, it's a dumb show. I don't want to watch it. I don't care to watch it. And mm-hmm. we started watching it and she's like, it's so good. Like all, she, like every time she's like, "Can we watch another Walking Dead?" <laughs> we're in the oh, middle well. of the All Out War storyline right now, so we're in like the throes of the. Wow, you guys story. are like in there now. We're in there, yeah. So, yeah. um, but yeah, it's something we've talked about. I would like to. I don't know if it'll ever happen or not. We've talked about doing the same thing with the Last of Us, but the Last of Us is six episodes versus eleven seasons. <laughs> of well, you if know. you're if you're curious, Austin, like. We did like a six part of the extra extra episodes. Remember, so we if you did. Want to check we, that out. We did do like little mini podcasts about. Those. Do you remember like after COVID they did like the six? Like here's Negan was one of them. Um, it was weird. It was like little like bottle episodes. Like mm-hmm. basically it. Um, it was just like because it was during COVID and like they couldn't film a whole lot with a bunch of different people and it was just it was kind of wild. But we did do little things about that. Um, but yeah, I, I adore. I mean, I've got my well, I'm going the wrong way. I've got my Rick poster back here. Like I'm I am a massive Walking Dead fan. I've also got I don't know if you can kind of see. Let me move over here. I've got all of the I, like this is all the season. Bro, three. ain't nobody able to like know what that is unless you just said it. I had no idea what those were. Is that the yeah? Those are the action figures, aren't they? Well, okay, you you. All right, hang on. Let me. Let's. Let, we're gonna take a little, little little tour here. Uh, what are you gonna do? Bring the camera. Okay. So oh. this is the corner of the Christmas tree over here. Uh, on that bottom shelf is like all Walking Dead like books and comic books and things like that. Um, and a couple of other like little figure things over here. These are the like series three. Um, Walking Dead figures. I still have them in the box. Like, there's Rick, there's Carl, um, Andrea, the governor, and then two of the like prison walkers. Yeah. Like, like, like at one point, T Dog rips the mask off of one's face and the skin comes with it and whatever. Um, I've got my Lucille over here that my my brother and my dad made me. So, like, I'm, I'm, which by the way, was a pretty badass gift. It really was. Although they put it in the box, the barbed wire up first. So I, I reached in and I was like, ow. You know. But, yeah, I love that show. I will forever defend that show. And I know there are a ton of people who are like, oh, it sucks. It's a terrible show. Hi. No, no. no. It's a terrible show. It's not that bad. Guys, no, if, you guys are, if you guys are if you guys are really hating on The Walking Dead, you guys really need to just kind of grow up and be adults. Let's be honest. Like, why are you hating on a show? Like, it obviously holds caliber. It obviously holds weight. It's obviously influential for the zombie franchise in and of itself. So, I mean, yeah. get over that shit, dog. 
Yeah, hundred percent. So, we have but a special guest if I had to, if I had to say though, like if we were gonna like talk about you know The Walking Dead, you know, again, I'd say it'll probably be during our zombie stuff that we're that we've been trying to like build up, you know, like know. yeah, yeah, and that's we've like we've talked for a while about hitting zombie stuff on purely and simple evil, like hitting like the zombie classics. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know this Walking Dead thing. It it would be an undertaking. Like it would be nuts to have to do. But we'll. Uh, you know what? I could definitely. We'll see. see. Yeah. Never say never. I think that we could just you know we could talk about whichever seasons that we liked. You know, like because yeah. probably there's like fucking ten seasons. I think. I think. Yeah. yeah awesome. Yeah. We could like do, ten seasons. Uh, we so. could do like a. We could do like a ranking the seasons episode or something on on the main show or we you know something like that. We'll mm-hmm. we're not done talking about the Walking Dead. Hundred percent. We'll no. we always will. So, and dude, there's more Walking uh, Dead coming out. Like, bro. Oh yeah, yeah, bro. I'm going away. We'll talk about it. The ones who live drops in February, and I'm mm-hmm. freaking hype. I'm stoked for it. I'm ready. So, uh, so let's do this. Um, let's jump into our next big topic by the way before i do that let me let me pop to one thing first uh if you're on spotify if you're a spotify user i've made a couple of videos about this uh i encourage anybody who's a spotify listener we've made a couple of different playlists so one of our big Oktoberfest things that we kind of pushed we did a song of the day um we made a kind of a companion spotify playlist for the purely and simply evil show that's literally called purely and simply evil the spotify playlist um, and it's basically, it's like four and a half hours of music that we have pulled from the horror genre. And that's on a playlist on Spotify. So check that out. It's really, really cool. And then we also just dropped another one called the Christmas essentials, which is literally, I mean, it's, it's, it's a Christmas playlist. It's basically what all it is. Um, it just kind of goes along with the, you know, the holiday season and stuff like that. So check that out. And then I've got another one dropping, uh, my favorite one so far, um, still in the process of building it it's it's looking at being upwards of 10 hours of music which is so dope uh and it's uh it's it's a punk rock one so uh so if you're if you're a music person check that out and we've kind of dug that like i've enjoyed doing that it's kind of just an extension of what we do on the channel you know it's its own it's its own thing it's pretty cool yeah i mean i for one love those playlists and if you guys like you know like to listen to if you're one of those that like to like listen to songs that are like reminiscence of the movie that you kind of like i think you'd like this brad's done a pretty good job at making this playlist and like curating it to match the vibes of what he's trying to like portray so go give it a listen guys it's really good yeah it's 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 been a lot of fun so Mm -hmm. uh all right next big topic of the evening uh last when did we see this tuesday tuesday yeah Tuesday night, we saw Thanksgiving in the theaters. There will be no leftovers. LOL. Um, as we said at the top of the show, this was easily my favorite theater experience of the year so far. More than Oppenheimer. And I enjoyed seeing Oppenheimer too. But uh, I think, again, what what I loved about this film is that I didn't watch a trailer. I didn't read a synopsis. I hadn't seen a TV spot. I knew nothing about this movie going into it which made the first 20 minutes if you've seen the film like 
bonkers. Miguel, at one point, the, the, the first death scene, which happens pretty early on in the film, I looked over at Miguel because I was shocked, and he was like... <laughs> Like, we were both just completely, like, our minds were blown uh, in the first few minutes. And by the way, we are going to talk spoilers, so if you haven't seen it, maybe this is a good time. Peace out. We'll see you later to duck out of the, the show um, and come back after you've seen it. But uh, it was a blast, man. Uh, it was, uh, again, I think it's my favorite thing that Eli Roth has ever done. Um, we talked about this earlier. I'd say I'm it's the most kind of fun. Beat the that... dead horse. <laughs> But yeah, it's fun. Yeah. It, it's this film almost. I expected this to be a serious slasher film. Mm-hmm. Comedy line as well as it did, but it really did. There were laughs. There were. It, it had the extreme, over the top death scenes, and there were a few moments that made me like uncomfortable and squeamish, which never happens in horror. So like, props to you, Eli Roth. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, but there were also scenes where him and I were laughing so hard in the theater that the woman over to my left was looking over at us because we were like, which I'm sure we seemed like psychopaths. People were getting shopping carts and and baked in an oven and shit, and we're like dying. Uh, But it it, it was an absolute blast of of a film to sit and watch, especially to go into not knowing a single thing about it. So um it's it's my favorite horror experience of the year so far so miguel overall before we get into spoilers um what were your thoughts on uh on thanksgiving it was a fun it was a fun time i'll be honest and i think that whenever now that you're telling me like who directed it and seeing like who what their projects were like eli roth knowing like all the projects that he's done so far i get where the gore was coming from i get why the gore is the way it is because I know the movies that he's tried to make before. That being said, I actually I I enjoyed it. I mean, it was one of those slasher films where like it was it's just it's just one of those like good fun slasher movies that you can just go and watch with some friends and just enjoy for what it is. Like, is this movie gonna win an Oscar? No, not in the slightest. But this is still just a fun movie. I mean, like you you we can definitely do like favorite kills of of the of the oh. film we could do oh, yeah. uh cringiest moments of the film we could do best Dude, moments in horror was, in this film like bro like this kill. movie favorite actor in this movie like we can even talk about uh john carver the actual killer um of like how he you know how he stands in regards to all of the other you know horror icon yeah so like this movie was, i mean it, it was a pretty fun time so there was one kill that i was like like I actually turned to Miguel and I said, I don't know if I can watch this one. It got me. It was uh com- spoiler alert right now. The wife, the stepmom chick that he so let's, when he so let's, baked, no, hold on. I was let's, done let's... when he baked her in the oven. I was like, mm-hmm. Oh, that's just uncomfortable. Bro, but when he when he had them gagged at the table and he lifted off the sheet and she was bound like a turkey and then to make it worse, he carved part of her leg off and was trying to feed it to the guy. And her husband, like, threw up through his gag. Like, I, I was like, oh, my God, I can't. And I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not even, I'm, like, I'm not joking you right now. Every single time I've eaten turkey for the last three days, I see that happening in my brain. And, like, I'm just like. That's so funny. Oh, my God. <laughs> it was, it, 
that one made me uncomfortable. I'm going to be honest. Like, out of any of the deaths in the film, that one kind of got to me. I'm going to be real. Crazy. That's surprising. I've seen worse situations like that. But I mean, it wasn't super gory. It was just the was idea over the of it. And the idea of her husband watching him carve part of her thigh and being like, now you're going to try your wife or whatever. And like mm-hmm. he get, he throws up through his gag and stuff. I just, I was like, oh my Bro, God, which... we're going here. Like we're doing this happening right now, <laughs> you know? Which I'll be honest right now, Rick Hoffman, you know, fucking Lewis Litt, he yeah. did a he did a pretty good job. Like I don't see him in much films. Like I I only remember him from Suits, and he did a really good job playing against Lewis Litt. And I loved him in that show, but like he's not in a lot. He's not in a lot of other shows that you know that I that I enjoy. But he did a pretty good job in this movie. He was able to play like a rich prick. And like someone that's like kind of out of touch, like a rich asshole that's just out of touch with like yeah, yeah. the lower not class. Not a bad like, dude, did. just super out of touch with like you know with reality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I gotta say, let's let's you want to dive into it? Like let's let's just, let's just talk about like how this movie started out. Like, bro, like who would have thought that we would have talked about I like Black Friday like again like. I did not think it was going to be about Black Friday first off, but no, the way they like were presenting Black Friday, I was like, I feel like this is going to be a gory situation. If that makes sense, yeah. did you get did yeah. you catch that well, idea too? Yes, and, and right off the bat, I was like, okay, instant callback. Uh, it's a holiday. It's a movie set on a holiday like mm-hmm. Halloween. There mm-hmm. was the opening shot of the house moving towards the house. I was like, okay, that's obviously a, a direct callback to Halloween. And mm-hmm. then it cuts, and we see them the Thanksgiving dinner. We see the guy getting ready to go to Right Mart or whatever the hell the, the store was called. We see uh, rich dude owner guy um, that's super out of touch. Like we see his family. Like we see it from two different perspectives. Um, you see this poor guy that's like he can't even sit and spend Thanksgiving with his family. He's got to go get ready for Black Friday. There's an obvious commentary on the whole like Black Friday starts at six p.m. Blah 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 kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I remember, which I'll uh, say Michael this: I were talking about this. stupid. I hate, I hate the idea of Black yeah, Friday, stupid. like happening like yeah. on Thanksgiving I, night. That's so such a that's in, such a fuck thing to do. During college and and right out of college, I worked at Old Navy, and uh, shout out to Old Navy. Straight up, like to make it to make it through the evening and just to make it more enjoyable and pleasant, we had like a potluck in the back, like in the stock room, because it was like. Like, literally, we would go, like, work and run back there and eat a bunch of food and then go back and work and then run back there and eat a bunch of food and then go back and work. Like, it it's miserable to have to. like And, like, I remember leaving Thanksgiving with my family at, like, mm-hmm. 5 p.m. because I had to go to work because I had to be there at, like, 6, 6.30. And it's just, like, so there's an obvious commentary on that whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I remember the first 10 minutes I was, like, where is this going? Like, is this a slasher film? And then it was the riot kind of, or like the, the mob building outside of the, I didn't, I guess I didn't expect it to be so over the top goofy in some areas. Mm-hmm. And like, like, you know, there's a, I think terrifier is the same way. I was actually just trying to describe to Julia what terrifier was like this morning, but that is um, one movie. I know for a fact, our two ladies are never going to watch. 
No, 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 not no, in the slightest. No, and and I'm okay with that. I don't even blame him. I'm, I'm not. And I don't, I don't, uh, and I don't blame him. Um, you know, so. Yeah. Same, same goes um, for this movie. But anyways, I don't blame him if they don't watch this. I, but. <laughs> yeah. Well, this was this was fun. I, I this was a lot of fun. Um, but I didn't expect. I I expected this to be a serious horror film. Now it was a it was a serious horror film. It was a good horror film, but. I didn't expect there's I think there's a it's it's really difficult to do it. Um it's one of the things that makes Return of the Living Dead so good is uh or, or like a Night of the Creeps. It, it, these films that do the horror comedy thing really really well, they uh-huh. find a way to get the best of both worlds. It's it's scary and it's a good horror flick. But it's also so over the top that it's almost comical. And I think Terrifier is like that, where it's like you can almost remove yourself from the awful, gory, violent thing that you're seeing because it's so balls to the wall nuts. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I think this, about 10 minutes in when the mob started to form outside of the the store, I was kind of like, what the? hell is going on like is is this a slasher movie like like i was so confused and then the the kids get in there uh and when the mob started pushing down the doors when old boy's throat got slit when they were walking in that was the first time i looked over at you and you were going (laughs) because i was like oh like this is happening it's a mob like this is a mob thing i didn't know if it was going to be like the crazies like is it going to be that kind of like because i remember seeing the poster and there was the dude with the axe over his shoulder or whatever or holding the axe or whatever it was um but i was like is this going to be like the crazies where it's like a a social commentary on society like where people just kind of lose it during black friday shopping um, but then like the woman gets hit with the cart and kind of rips the pieces of her head off. Um, the, w- what other deaths were there? I mean, um, I'm blanking. There was the woman with the shopping cart, the guy that got his throat slit on the door. Three deaths. And the crowd it was the, in. it was the, mo- it was, was the, the mother. One? It was the mother. It was the guy who got pushed into the glass. And then there was a the guy who got trampled. That was it. You're right. There was the trampled guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I just I I didn't expect that whole sequence to go the way it did. So I was kind of like, that really threw me for a loop. And I liked it. It was funny. I liked that it threw me for a loop. I was just like, what what are what is happening right now? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. So that whole the opening sequence was an absolute blast. Um, and then it cuts to a year later, and we start to kind of like, it starts to feel more slasher movie ish you know um but i you know i mean what honestly what did you think of the characters in the movie the teenagers oh the side God. characters the cops the parents all, all of it cringe dogs like i don't i didn't like, I didn't i'll say this I, i'll say this i didn't it made sense you know what i mean like it was your stereotypical cast you know what i mean yeah like it's pretty obvious. Like this is the t- this is the type of like uh, cast that you would see in a slash. You know, the jock, the the person that's connected to the whole ties of the event that happened. You know, the horny uh, girlfriend. You know, all that other stuff. And there's obviously some elements in the mo- in the film that I got in the beginning where it was like, okay, so this is the core group. This is the people that are slowly going to get picked off one by one. 
and you can see like where the elements were going to come into play in the film whereas where the, where it came yeah. down to like the the opposing team and those players and when it came down to the sheriff by played by dreamboat and uh the owner of that the out of town the out of touch owner and how he was going to play in like you can kind of see where the film was going to go uh immediately off of seeing uh the uh the cast and i thought it was funny because like in the beginning like we didn't know what was happening but we immediately were trying to guess like who the killer was and right right from the get-go done it film like a really yeah. good whodunit film because we were guessing like all all of the way and they, I they was incorrect some, they threw until, some red herring until the reveal there. i was wrong no we were right but they plot twist us to it being something I else think, you know what i mean I guess. Because I at one point you, you when you said it's the cop I was I said there's no way like that no it's not like there's no way mm-hmm. I don't think it would be that easy, um, yeah I I don't know it, it was, I didn't uh, guess I didn't guess the killer. I kind I guess I'll say this I don't, I didn't perfectly get it I mentioned who the killer was the killer who ended up being the 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 actual killer was someone that I mentioned but I didn't like solidify like that was like my answer. I was jumping around with different ideas. And at first, you know, I thought it was like, I thought it was, uh, I thought it was like a group. I thought it was like a cult thing. You know what I mean? Like, I thought it was just a group of people. Yeah, like, we did talk testing. about that too. Like, it's like we were, we were under that assumption. Right. But then, like, when the parade event happened, we were like, yeah. fuck, who, who, who the fuck could have done this? So, yeah. but if I, had, if I had mentioned about the cast, look, yeah, it was your stereotypical cast. And, well, I was I not. Think... I was not. You know, transported. I was not like impressed. I was just like, this is this 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 is your cast. You know, it's funny we were talking about Scream, and I think about like, honestly, during the film, I kept trying to think like, what is this low key re- like remind me of? Like, what is it giving me the vibes of? Bro, the it the kind the of gave me the eluding of different horror films. Yes, but I'm talking like the. The, the characters, the dialogue, the way that the characters interacted, the way that the characters kind of like interacted with the town and with other people in the film, like it kind of hit me after the fact, like on the way home as I was thinking about it. But I was like, it feels like Halloween H2O or Halloween Resurrection or Scream or any of the like, I know what you did last summer. Mm-hmm. Um, any of those like classic 90s slashers films that had the ensemble cast and had a little bit of like whodunitness to it and like would like it felt like a good 90s slasher film like if you would have put this if you would have released Thanksgiving in 1996 it would have fit perfectly in that decade perfectly mm-hmm. And I think that makes me appreciate the film even more. The fact that, okay, Eli Roth was able to deliver on that in a really, really cool, really, really effective way. I mean, I, I mean, think about how difficult that is and how difficult that would be, you know? Like, yeah. To make I a guess. film that's it's... that aesthetically similar mm-hmm. to a past decade. I mean, look at Halloween, like, I mean, they they've tried to make Halloween feel like the original seventy eight film, mm-hmm. 
and it just doesn't. The ha- the flashback in Halloween Kills is no. the closest thing we've ever gotten, you know? And this felt like a 90s movie. It did. The Halloween is literally apples to oranges compared to what Thanksgiving is. And I think Halloween is right. like not, apples to oranges compared to, to a lot two. of films in that in that decade, I got to say. Yeah. So but I agree with the with what you're what you're saying like it does reminisce of like your typical uh horror slasher kind of who done it kind of yeah. film. And I praise the movie for it doing it. It wasn't trying to be anything else but that. And I praise Eli for for uh giving us that because I was enjoying every minute of it. I thought it was I thought it was what I was expecting. I was like, this is great. You know, they're we're not trying to like reinvent the wheel in regards right. to well, a horror and, slasher. And I and, and I praise and, I praise him for it. And and I wasn't trying to compare Thanksgiving to Halloween. I'm just saying mm-hmm. like like Halloween tried to recapture the feel of that seventies vibe. You know, mm-hmm. Friday the thirteenth tried to do it, Elm Street tried to do it, and they could never capture that same vibe as the decade that it came out in. And I, I just think that this film captured that nineties ensemble cast whodunit vibe like a nineties film. I mean it truly felt like a film that came out in the nineteen nineties. And mm-hmm. it's one of the bigger compliments that I give Eli what Roth. Film am I and, thinking and, of? There was a film that I'm, that I'm thinking of that really gave me that same uh, type of vibe, and it's a newer one. Summer? Oh, that a newer one. I don't know. No, it's not even horror. It was uh, by Ryan Knives Johnson. Out? Knives Out. Yeah, Knives yeah. Out. Yeah. Yeah. And I actually. Onion. I, I told my dad I was because he was asking about it at Thanksgiving about because he knew we went and saw it, and I he said, "What is it like?" And I said, "It's kind of like a horror version of Knives Out, basically." A little bit, like it's it's got. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, it's a little bit more playful with the Thanksgiving, you know, innuendos and things like that. But like, it's it's like a horror version of Knives Out. It's a really good whodunit film, but it's also a really good slasher film too. You know, so mm-hmm. I, I think it it did a lot of things well. And again, this kind of captured for me all of the things that I like about Eli Roth films. I I like the over the top gore and the over the top kills and things like that but it's i think it was done tastefully it wasn't like gratuitous it wasn't just constant guts and whatever i think it's a good thing that every single time there was a hardcore death scene you and i went like when he kills the chick in the diner one of the first scenes where we actually see john carver with the axe Mm -hmm. um when he kills the chick in the diner and she runs out, you know, she runs out to go get in her car and he turns on the car and he slams her into the garbage, the garbage can and the lid falls and cuts her in half or whatever. Like it's so over the wall and kind of stupid, you know, like it's so over the top. Um, but it, it worked really well in this film. You know, I think in some cases being over the top, can be a good thing. Now, it can be really cheesy. When you establish and kind of it as that, too. when right. you establish it as something right. that's going to be over the top, by all means, you have yeah. full full play. Yeah. But if you try to make it something serious, right, you end up losing me. Yeah, and I think well, that's at where... one point, at one point during the mob scene at the beginning, is that what you think? Hello, Molly. Is that what you think? Really? 
I think you keep saying Thanksgiving, and he keeps thinking that there's food coming. Apparently, that's what she thinks. Yeah, evidently so. Don't worry. Stop. Stop. Calm down. Um, But at one point, I looked over at you during the mob scene, and I said, dude, like, is this supposed to be kind of, like, funny? Like, kind of satirical? Because... It mm-hmm. is, you know, it's not deadpan serious, and I was expecting a deadpan serious film, um, you know. And there were like fun, like the scene at the diner or at the diner, um, at the dinner table when we're getting the John Carver thing, um, uh, and he's like, you know, he's got the voice changer and he's kind of describing, and you know, he like the thing with the woman carved up like the turkey, like it just there were so many different things about it that were so over the top that I was like, this is kind of dumb, but it works, <laughs> you know, and it works and it, it doesn't work it like just in a silly way. It works in a good way. Like it, mm-hmm. it helps with the over the top story, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, it, if anything, this was a very good balance between funny and good horror, you know, I thought it was really cool. Yeah, I agree. And I don't want to compare it to any other uh, horror film because if you do, you're just going to end up, I'm not going to lie, it's going to make Thanksgiving look even worse than what people probably assume it is. Mm -hmm. So I just want to think of it as like its own thing. So because I want to talk about John Carver as a, as a horror, as a horror uh, villain, like I'm not going to lie. I mean, I I like the film. I did not like John Carver as as the as the as the Howard horror slasher. What do you really? think? Really, I not thought it really. was pretty good, honestly. Really, I dug it. Yeah, I don't know. I it's mean, a... is he is he gonna be the next Art the Clown? No, no. But it for this film, it worked, and I thought it was yeah. really cool. Well, I, what did, what did I tell you? This film gave me like Tubi vibes. You know, and you guys know what I'm talking about. Like, it gave me like Tubi yeah. movies, like the free, like you know, movies that you know what you're talking about, or the well dialogue. Done than that, though. More well. Do you okay, mean in fine. terms of the story? And story, you know, uh, uh, what's it called? The uh, writing, I guess. Like, I don't know. I don't want to talk bad on Eli's, uh, on on his on his on his film, but I'm not gonna lie. It felt like a high budget Tubi movie. But I think it was me. intentional, though. I think. He, I think all of the dialogue choices and mm-hmm. the points where it was kind of like, you know, I, I think all of that was very intentional to make it feel like a film There's no leftovers now. Yeah, yeah. That was very, do your thing, cuz. <laughs> you mm-hmm. know? I don't know. Or Evil Dies Tonight, you know? I, I think it was supposed to be that. Mm-hmm. So. Well, let me say this. I, for one... Here, cause, 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 I wanna, I wanna talk about like how we figured out who the killer was, and obviously, spoiler alert: if you guys don't know, it's Dreamboat, you know, fucking Patrick Dempsey, the sheriff. Yeah. But what pissed me off the most about this movie was the fact that like, there's no way in hell you would have guessed that until you no. just, no. L- until you just let him talk. Like, there's no way in hell. It made more sense for it to be the boyfriend. Or the ex-boyfriend. It made sense mm. for those two. And I, I think thought it was going to be Bobby. The most. I really did. 
Oh, no, I didn't think it was going to be Bobby. But, like, what pissed me off the most was the fact that, like, the only reason why we were confused it was, wasn't, like, Patrick Dempsey was because the fucking character that was playing it. I highly doubt Patrick uh, wore that uh, John Carver mask and was doing all that stuff. Yeah, that it was actually him under there. Yeah, it wasn't him. It was yeah. just some stunt double who was much more leaner. So we were assuming that it was the ex-boyfriend or the boyfriend. That's what pissed me off the most. I was like, there ain't no way it was him. That's what made me think that it was, like, <laughs> yeah. that's what made me think that it was, like, some, like, cult thing because it was like multiple people that's where i was like are we getting like a right. screen thing or something but yeah i don't know bro props to props props to patrick man he's the only one that tried to do the the massachusetts accent because everyone else was, did not have an accent dude and i thought that was I, funny as fuck the people that did do the accent though absolutely killed it it was awesome you think so i would never <laughs> yeah for those yeah. of you that are from uh plymouth massachusetts or the state itself let us know in the comments if their accent was done very well. Yeah. Because sometimes I think it, at some point it sounded pretty good, but at other points I was like, bro, that's trash. Yeah. So, but, well, but and, the and one I that like I heard that the it... most of was Patrick Dempsey's accent. I yeah. heard that the most. And I, every time I heard him speak, I was like, are you the only one doing the accent? <laughs> yeah. I did like, I will say that I really liked that the film it was a bigger scale than a traditional slasher film. Like the whole parade sequence specifically with the smoke bombs and the kind of careful planning. It reminded me of what the Joker did in the dark Knight a little bit like the, Uh the anarchist kind of thing. Uh Um, Because again, it's like, it's like the, like the, 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 the Joaquin Phoenix Joker film where, um, you know, it's almost like it could be anybody. Like the whole thing with the John Carver mask, anybody could have been John Carver in that crowd. So, of course, when you realize it's the clown, it's like, oh, like it, again, it's a curveball. Um, and it, the smoke bombs and stuff, it it's a little bit of a big bro. Scale. That moment right there, see, I was like, traditional slashers using smoke mm-hmm. bombs and grenades and. And this carefully thought out plan of anarchy and trying to get them kidnapped and like it just I you know typically that doesn't happen so that was kind of a nice little addition to the voice changer all of the technology in the apartment and you know all, all of that was kind of a nice it was a nice touch. Yeah, I agree. And there are elements of this movie that I really felt I was like, wow, they really did a good job in like in in regards to the horror and like the slasher moment because let's talk about like the. Um, Let's talk about the prepping time of the wife. You know what I'm talking about? Whenever they were getting ready to put her in the oven. That whole, yeah. like, trying to escape scene, I was like, man, that, that was suspenseful, to be honest. And It was, it was a very suspenseful scene. Mm-hmm. I hate the fact that they wasted the, uh, the burnt John Carver mask. Because that would have been really cool for him to just keep wearing it. But that would have been dope. Yeah, right. Like throughout the movie, it just keeps getting dirtier and dirtier because the way he got it, it was from the diner. Like the fucking diner was yeah. giving um, John Carver mask, which cool, which means anybody could be wearing it. You know what I mean? Like that, that kind of adds suspense. But if you lost me, did you, did you lose me? No, you're fine. Oh, okay, cool. Well, you're fine. I just, I got a text and I was reading it. No, I, I saw I saw the screen glitch, so I was like, oh boy, here we go. But um 
But whenever we got like the whole burnt uh, John Carver thing, I wish he would have kept that because that would have been really cool to like add yeah. to the flair. It, it would have been make, cool to make Patrick even seem more and more unhinged as the story progresses because of what yeah. he did. Like, oh, buddy, just sliced some guy's head off in the middle of a parade and just like anarchy the entire parade. And I thought that was yeah. really dope. Well, but um, yeah. I think what the technology shows with the voice changer, with the smoke grenades, with the weapons and kind of the, all the stuff we see plugged in when she runs upstairs and finds the chick in the fridge. Um, I think what all of that shows us is that, yes, he's unhinged. Like, he's about to bake a human being with pepper and whatever else on her. Uh-huh. But, like, I think it also shows that he is psycho like he's the best of both worlds he's a complete unhinged psychopath but he's also smart and i Mm -hmm. think that's what made the john carver character so scary and i did find him genuinely kind of frightening at some points you know um i don't know i i thought he was a pretty good villain again is he gonna be the next art the clown probably Mm -hmm. not no but for this film I thought he was pretty good. I enjoyed it. So I did too. But so what did you what did you think of the idea of like at the end where he possibly could have escaped? Like what 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 do you uh, think Eli was trying to like push in that area? Do you think he wanted to push for a sequel or do you think he just wanted to push the idea of like I think he was he could still be out there just planting and, the seed it. of doubt. I, I don't think it's quite a like at the end of resurrection when you see Michael go like and the eyes open thing. I don't think it was, was quite to that level, but mm-hmm. let's, let's do that again. I don't think it was quite to that level, but I think it was. I think it was just a little, just a little seed of doubt where it's like, did he, did he die in the fire? Mm-hmm. Did he like did 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 you know? I think it's just it's just to. I must say, my man got cooked though. Like he I got know. cooked. I know to make you walk out of the theater going, hmm. I wonder mm-hmm. if somehow he did survive, you know? It's yeah. just to plant that little bit of a seed of doubt um, in your brains, but... It's uh, that typical yeah. horror chop, you know what I mean? Yeah. Even the the sequence in the school, I thought that had some... Um, I thought that had some suspense to it. I mean, there... I think the thing that I liked most about Thanksgiving was I would say the suspense. It was it was a very good balance of suspense and shock factor and horror and over the top gore, but also with a really pretty good whodunit film and mm-hmm. also some pretty funny moments. Like there were some things that made us laugh too, where our jaws mm-hmm. was on the floor. Like it was a fun film to experience for the first mm-hmm. time. Um and it's definitely one it's definitely one that I'm going to uh, that I'm going to want to buy on Blu-ray when it when it comes out. It's it's going to be one that I'm I'm probably going to rewatch every year. You know, I think I think this will this will be on the shelves of a lot of horror fans. I'll be honest, it definitely will because, like you said, it hits all the dots. And if I had to assume whether I hope that I hope this the movie just stays on the shelf of a good seasonal horror film because you know why. We haven't really had like a really good Thanksgiving horror slasher film. You know what I mean? Yeah. We've had Christmas. We've had Halloween. We've had uh, you know, like all these other holidays. But I, I kind, I think it's kind of, I think it was kind of neat. So, um, 
I mean, if in in all regards, I think it was still like a really good. Uh, I think it was a decent slasher film. Like I like I can't say much left on it because like it's it seems almost perfect. You know, it's where the where it was located, where it was shot, who was involved, the who done it kind of thing, and the plot twist at the end. You know, like yeah, who would have well, thought it would have been the sheriff kind of thing? It was like oh yeah. no, kind of thing. So yeah, it was cool well, and and, and, and the concept of it being in. Um, Plymouth, Massachusetts, and it mm-hmm. being so like like it's it's not only is it set at Thanksgiving, but it's got like Thanksgiving ties too with the whole John Carver thing, and it's mm-hmm. just it, it was it was really well done. It, it, I think it's it's definitely my favorite Eli Roth film, and it's got some of the best writing. I think it, it's very in depth writing. I mean, I mean, thinking about it like from a writing perspective, like doing a whodunit film like that has got to be pretty. I would think it would be pretty difficult because you can't just write a singular linear story. Like you have to make people like think throughout it and you have to be making people doubt who they think the killer is and yada, you know, all this, all Mm -hmm. this stuff. So it's, I would imagine this, it's gotta be kind of difficult, but uh, for me, Thanksgiving was a really, really fun flick. Um, And, and it was, I had a really, really good time watching it. it. For me, it was the horror surprise of the year. Um, and it was my favorite theater experience. <laughs> I of, like that label of the last year. It, it really was. It was the horror mm-hmm. surprise of the year for me. So I really, really enjoyed it. If you haven't seen Thanksgiving, definitely encourage you to go check that one out because it was, it was awesome. It was really, really great. Eli Roth did a did a great job, and the cast did a great job too. It wasn't a bad acted film for it being relatively unknown people, except for like. Obviously, Patrick Dempsey, and there was a couple others, but like Addison um, Ray too. So yeah, like with with it being a pretty fairly new cast, I was like, all right, y'all y'all did it, you know. And again, the dialogue thing, like at one point, I had leaned over to you and said the dialogue is a little off, but again, I think it was intentional. I don't think it mm-hmm. was a. This is just and I, look, poor I'm writing, not, you know. I'm not trying to hate on the on the on the on the writing i'm just saying like it's kind of what you would expect yeah yeah so like again like i said this is not supposed to win um the oscar for (laughs) writing screenplay or supporting actor like it's not supposed to and i that's a fun slasher movie yeah like that like it's it's good so and and it was a good slasher movie so Mm -hmm. uh definitely definitely encourage you to uh to check that out um, we're about at an hour and a half, so I gotta get my dog out of here because she's, she's, I guess she's gotta go pee. It's been a while. Uh, it's, it's been a while. That one, that is not on the new, uh, on the next playlist, just saying. Uh, but listen, thank you to everybody who, who joined us for tonight's show. Um, again, when you're talking about the scream thing, if you're going to talk about the comments, please keep it respectful and keep it civil and keep it kind. Uh, but obviously we do want to hear your thoughts. So pl- you good? I just threw a water cap at myself. Um, so, but again, as always, we do want to hear your thoughts. Uh, and also leave us your thoughts on Thanksgiving. what do you think of the film? Again, we both really enjoyed it. I think it's my favorite Eli Roth film. Um, I think it's the best of everything that Eli Roth does. So definitely encourage you to check it out. Um, so, Listen, have an awesome, awesome rest of your weekend. Thank you for joining us on the 118th episode 
of Let's Talk Movies. Uh, much more to come. We're going to get some Christmas content in there, too. I think we're going to hit up some Christmas films on Classics Revisited, uh, which is going to be a good time. It's just um, it, we're moving into a cool, cool season. Busy cool, season. Very Much cool like season. the Halloween season. But, um, but yeah, we're going to have a good time. It's yeah. Christmas, and we're going to have a good time tonight. It's Christmas. Yeah. You, you, you get the – I switched the – yeah, yes. It's Christmas time. Everyone deserves a good Mary. <laughs> deserves a good present out of the tree. Yeah. Um, guys, listen, you can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and threads at LTM Podcast KY. If you have not already, join the Let's Talk Movies YouTube channel Facebook group. Uh, I just realized I left the Facebook icon off of the background that's fine <laughs> uh but listen um join that facebook group if you haven't already you guys are amazing we love you have an awesome rest of your weekend and uh until next time peace out see you bye Yeah, go take your dog out, dog.